All right. Well, we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. How many of you guys have enjoyed this month of prayer emphasis here at Grace Covenant Church? Have you guys enjoyed that? Amen. If you don't know, this whole month we have been focusing on prayer. Um, our, we've done a Wednesday night series, which this is going to conclude, called Talking with God. We had a 21-day prayer journey. We had a number of prayer events. Our, uh, we also had a five-day prayer and fasting. And so to kind of culminate this month, um, along with Fuse on Friday, we wanted to take a moment tonight to have a Q&A. So um, you actually have an opportunity to ask some questions tonight about prayer. And really the, the topic that we're going to be discussing tonight is a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle of prayer. When we first met with Pastor Jim, who's one of our, uh, one of our senior leaders here at this church, and we asked him about doing this prayer emphasis, um, his encouragement was, what can we do so that in July our people are still praying? And so that's really our heart tonight is how do we make prayer a lifestyle and not just an emphasis in one month. So joining me tonight is, I'm going to introduce you guys because you guys are my great friends. Uh, this is Pastor Sean Clemens. He's our men's pastor and oversees our prayer ministry here. Save the applause for the end. Miata Jones is our minister in music. She leads our worship team in our GCC Sterling site. And Pastor June Oh is our senior pastor at GCCK. So give it up for our mighty prayer warriors. And so I'm going to answer all the easy questions and throw all the tough stuff to these guys. All right. Uh, so a couple ways that you can engage with us tonight with the questions. One is you can come up to one, uh, one or two of these areas over here on the left or right. doesn't matter which one. Um, we're going to have two people um, hosting a mic up there. And we'll just say... Keep your questions short. You know, some people like to include like a sermon in their question. If you want to talk sermons, we could talk at the end, okay? Um, but if you have a question, you can come up to the front. Also, you can actually text in your question. So we have a really cool thing we're using tonight called Slido. So actually, if you go onto your internet browser uh, to slido.com and put in hashtag GraceCov, you can actually text in your question. Um, that way, or not text it in, but put it in that website. Um, and so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be uh, answering questions that came from social media earlier this week. Some of you guys did that. Um, your questions here and then also through Slido. So if you have a question and you don't ask it, it's kind of your fault. There's a lot of different ways to ask questions. So to kick off tonight, um, I'm gonna, this is a deep theological question. We're just diving straight in, which I love it. This question is, um, when we pray, who are we praying to? God the Father? Should we pray to God the Holy Spirit? Should we pray to Jesus? Who should we address our prayers to? Pastor Sean, what do you think? <laughs> I was distracted by the cover of your iPad. Here, <laughs> Thank brother. you. It was either the marble <laughs> composition or it's my wife's iPad or the rose gold. So I was like, yeah. I think it's a little bit more manly. I just need to buy some time to think, that's all. <laughs> no. Um, I think we find in Scripture where, um, you know, um, the Holy Spirit introduces us um, to the relationship, convicts us of sin, and helps us to know who Jesus is. Jesus um, saves us through the sacrifice, the blood that was poured out on our behalf. And he kind of brings us into a relationship with the Father. But in saying that God is one, 
And so speaking to the Holy Spirit, speaking to Jesus, um, speaking to God, I think is um, God the Father. Um, I don't think you're out of bounds in any of those ways in terms of who you're speaking to in prayer. Um, I think often we'll say like in the name of Jesus, because Jesus said, if you pray anything in my name, then the father will, will answer you. And so I think that's why we typically conclude our prayers in saying that, um, even though I think he meant more like when you're in my will, because, you know, I could pray for the Washington Redskins to somehow be in the Super Bowl this Sunday in the name of Jesus. And I don't think that that's probably going to happen. Yeah, it is kind of late. So, so um, God is one, the Trinity is perplexing and I'm not smart enough, probably one of these guys um, or yourself a lot smarter than I am. Um, but um, God is one. So praying to any one member of the Trinity is okay. Yeah. Anyone want to add to that or is that good? Cool. Yeah, I think we also see in Scripture addressing God the Father. So when Jesus prayed, he said, our Father in heaven, through, like you said, the name of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is um, empowering our prayers. And a lot of times when you pray, suddenly God brings something to your mind that you may not have even thought to pray. And that's the Holy Spirit. That's him praying through you. Um, Pastor June, can prayer change the will of God? These are some tough questions, y'all. You guys are not taking easy on us. That's a really good question. Bottom line is prayer, the purpose of prayer is not to change the will of God, but to change our will with his will. So the delight of our heart changes as we pray, doesn't it? So really, our will... Yeah, it aligns with God, but it's not because his will changed, but because we changed. Mm. And I think that's why in the Lord's Prayer, it talks about how our Father in heaven, and we talk about his will. And if I could even continue with what you're saying from the Lord's Prayer, I would love to emphasize the fact that the Lord said, pray to the Father. But not only that, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, it talks about our, us, and we eight times. Mm. And it is only once that it talks about me or my. So I would say finding that will, I think it helps to pray in as a community and also even in our prayer, our Father. Just approaching that I think changes our will because once we get stuck, sometimes it's so good to have those prayer words. But, you know, sometimes we as praying people can get stuck in, in my head, in my prayer. And we think we're the only prayer warrior in the whole world trying to save the world. And the world is going to hell without me praying, right? We all feel that sometimes. That's fine. But I think it's really good for us to have moments like this where we say, our Father, you will be done. So I mm. hope that helps. Another cool thing I forgot to mention at the beginning is actually at slido.com, you can bump up questions that you like. So that's a reason to engage with that, even if you don't have a question. Um, Miata, this is a great question. There's a, there's a couple questions that are similar to this, which is if you pray and you don't see an answer, does that mean there's something wrong with your faith? That's a great question. I mean, we've all been there where you pray and you feel like there isn't a change in your situation or your circumstance. Um, but I think it goes back to what Pastor June was talking about, how prayer's relationship, um, and no matter how many times you do it, you're developing a muscle 
and a relationship communication with God. Um, and as you pray, your heart gets softened. Um, your perspective changes. God can open your mind to see uh, your situation in a different way, to see his hand moving in an unexpected way that you, because um, sometimes we put God in a box and we expect him to be ABC and he is moving and he's doing things, but we're only looking for it in this way. And so we can miss out on what God is actually doing or saying. Um, but yeah, that's real. Um, yeah. Do you wanna- I just want to add something to it because I don't know if we will go here, but there are times where, like, if I'm not really doing right by my wife, that may block God answering my prayers. So there, there's, there needs to be kind of a, a dual thing, I think, where, to your point, that you are not just looking for God to move in only a direct way, but also, Holy Spirit, is there anything in me? Because Jesus said that my sheep know my voice, and the voice of a stranger, they, they will not follow meaning that we should be able to hear him. Um, we should be able to hear a no because that's an answer, <laughs> like even though we may not want that. Um, we, we should be able to do that. Um, so communication should be taking place, even if, it, if we're persistently going before God. But if we're finding that, man, God doesn't seem to be moving on this, Holy Spirit, is there something in me? Is there, am I sinning some way? James said that we, we receive not because of, we ask not, or we ask with selfish motives. So those selfish motives can also be a reason why you're not hearing or receiving an answer to the prayer that you're asking God, depending on what it is. So it's not just, um, you know, it, it's a it's a and just an addition to what Miata is saying, not a either or. It's sometimes we need to have some kind of self reflection um, through the help of the Holy Spirit to find out is there something in us that has become so selfish, um, or have we offended others? Have we offended our brothers where God's not hearing because He wants you to get right um, other relationships? So a follow up to to your answer right there. Um, this person asks because you mentioned uh, the verse where Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So this person asks, how do we listen for an answer after praying? <laughs> um, so this is one area that I think is really important that um, all of us as children of God, um, that we respond well to those moments where it seems like God is an answer. Hebrews 11, God said, um, what is it, 11 and 6? Um, oh, man, I just forgot the scripture. Um, um, huh? Yeah, there you go. Bible scholar, thank you so much, sir. <laughs> Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And that diligence, like if I'm looking for something, if I'm going after treasure, that I don't find it initially. I keep going after it. Because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. I, have a, I can have an expectation that God is going to answer his word. And so I can have persistence. Like when Jesus gives the parable of the persistent widow of keeping going, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming until you get an answer. The answer is going to come. God may want you to diligently seek him. And the reason why I say that everybody needs to hear that well is because some of us have kind of shut down on prayer. Some of us have come to a space of, and prayer doesn't, isn't really that effective. You know, something happens. You know, if Miata says, hey, let's pray and be like, yeah, okay, let's do that. But I, I want to go 
do something. Let's go do something about it or something. Because we feel like prayer isn't an effective means of making change. So I hope I didn't grandstand too much on that. Oh, that's good. Can I add something? Yeah. Um, I was while he was talking, it's like, how do you know the the voice of the Father? And I was just thinking, His Word. The more that I read his word, the more familiar I am with how he says things and what he says and what his heart is behind things. So you'll be more able to, to understand and hear when it's not God, when that's not his will, when it's accusation and there's condemnation. And when it is his heart, when you see that there's a loving, tender kindness that's always drawing and beckoning you to him, um, it's reading his word. The more and more that I read his word, the more and more I'm able to distinguish his voice clearly. It's awesome. Yeah, it's like it kind of fine-tunes your hearing mm-hmm. to be able to pick up when it is God or when it's not. And, and one other thing I would say is, like, don't be afraid sometimes, like, what if I don't hear right? What if I, like, it's so, like, you, when we develop a relationship with someone, there are times where you just have to grow to get to know one another. Um, in anything we do, I would imagine you guys as, you know, being great singers and praise and worship leaders and, um, that you are, that there are times where you got to read each other. You got to learn to get comfortable with musicians and with other singers like that happens. And so God is there's a, a relationship that's developed that the word absolutely plays a role in as you get to know him better. It, it, we develop a prayer life. It's not just instantaneous. There are, there are no like professionals of prayer. It's time spent with him that you get to know him, how he'll speak to you. Because the way he may speak to Pastor Stephen may not be the same way, though we know that the word is what's going to ground with what really is him or not. Um, so just give it time and continue to pursue it so it develops and you grow in it. That's good. Uh, Pastor June, this question is, how valuable is it for couples to pray together? Mm. Maybe if I could add to that, what does praying together with your spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend, what does that look like? It's very important. <laughs> Um, and you know, I think it relates to the question that we were kind of discussing earlier, because um, what I was thinking was um, peace, right? It's that something that the enemy cannot emulate. When you're trying to discern and hear from God, there are other things that enemy kind of tries to emulate, but when you feel the peace of God, then you know that's from God, right? You're like, okay, that's the answer from the Lord. Um, all the big decisions that I made that I think I hear from God I bring it to my wife, and I ask her. And if there's peace between us, agreement within us, then we know we, we can go ahead. If there's disagreement, then to me, that's either a no or not yet. Hmm. So I think that's a muscle that we have to grow together as a couple. We listen to each other, respect each other, and also be courageous enough to speak the truth in love and say, you know what, I don't feel comfortable with that right now. Even giving, you know, we, we constantly talk about, hey, I feel like the spirit saying um, this amount, give this amount. And secretly in my heart, God, that is too much. <laughs> Maybe it's the enemy that wants to make me generous. And I'm going like, that doesn't make sense. But I like to think that it is. But let me bring it to my wife. And if she's hesitant, then I know it's not the time. And I usually bring it to her. And it recently happened to she's like, oh, yeah, that's super exciting. I'm like. Okay, <laughs> that's God. So, 
Yeah, I think that's why praying together is really important. Um, what it looks like is um, just regular rhythm as you preached, Pastor Stephen. I think expanding that from personal to um, family, regular rhythm is really important. Um, I think there are moments where there's like spiritual warfare, and that's a moment to really come together and pray. I, you know, there's so many moments where I try to have breakthrough and I can't in my prayer life, and I pray with her, and there's a breakthrough that God brings because I'm praying with her. And I've, I've had that, and I agree with you. Whenever I offend my wife, my prayer life goes down, and that's so biblical, right? And I just can't pray, and I'm asking a guy, why would you just not listen to me? And he goes like, because you're not listening to your wife, and you're mean to her. And I'm like, I repent. Now, do, do I... Is it okay that I just repent with you or do I need to go talk to her and humble myself? And he's like, you need to humble yourself and go talk to her and apologize. And I'm like, is that really required for me to pray? He's like, yes. So don't wait around the front door. I think uh, praying with your spouse or significant other is definitely very different than praying by yourself. Um, And I think the seasons are, are different too. When my wife and I, when we first started dating, um, you know, we would go sometimes on walks and pray together. And then when we got um, kids, uh, our time shrunk. It's funny how that happened. Um, and so I think my expectation I put on myself that wasn't from God was that our prayer life was going to be like two hours every day, us worn in the spirit together. And then it's kind of hard to do that when you got toddlers, you know, throwing food at you and all that kind of stuff. And so we had to recognize that we're in a different season. And so what prayer looks like for us now is sometimes five or ten minutes before we go to bed together, just praying for some of the things that happened during the day, some of the people that we interacted with. Um, But I I would say, though, for those who are dating, there's no better way to build uh, relational connectivity, intimacy with that person than through prayer. That really is a fast track and a healthy way to grow relationally together in a safe way. Um, when you start praying together, God begins to knit your heart together, um, and it's a healthier way than some of the other ways that we, uh, in that s- season of life, try to connect with uh, our significant other. Yeah, I just want to, I remember when my wife and I, we first started dating, and we were supposed to be praying for one another, but she didn't want to, because I guess the way I pray, she didn't feel so comfortable <laughs> praying out loud. <laughs> Like in those relationships, it does help to unite you and connect you. And it doesn't matter, like, if you sound as, you know, as, as great as the other person. Be comfortable doing it or be willing to do that. That's really, right, I just wanted to encourage you. your wife, she was probably putting you to shame with the prayer life. And you're- oh, yeah. She, well, she's a superwoman. But, you know, that was one time that I remember it was kind of the other way around. I got you. <laughs> I'm going to um, have to repent. <laughs> James 4 is coming to mind right about now. You should have just said the only time. You know, yeah, yeah, the only time. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So how, uh, this is a good one. Is it wrong to pray the same thing over and over again? Does that indicate a lack of faith? That's for anybody who wants to answer that one. You're sh- shaking your head no, Miata. Um, no, I don't think it is. I still have prayers that I'm praying for, for loved ones to get saved. Um, and it's the persistent widow. Like, 
I'm going to ask. I'm going to keep on asking. I'm going to knock. I'm going to keep on knocking. I'm going to seek. I'm going to keep on seeking until that door is open. And I believe that God is faithful to answer prayers that are prayed in his will. And so I think sometimes it's a developing of like your endurance in your faith life. So sometimes you're praying and you're praying and praying. Um, that has helped me develop my muscle of endurance of praying. That's great. All right, we have a, our first live question. Let's give it up some boldness over here. Awesome. See, all uh, of you guys have a question. You just didn't want to be the first person. So, <laughs> uh, so actually, uh, along those lines, um, how much you um, define the difference between praying for God to move and then thanking him for the answer? Hmm. Because there is kind of a difference. Sometimes you, you thank God. Is that your question? Like, when do you... I'm sorry, you just walked away. Because <laughs> if I'm understanding your question, um, there are times that you thank God for things in advance. No, I'm talking about when you, when you pray, uh-huh. right? But then you're, you're praying to the Lord, but then you're saying, you're saying, now, Lord, I thank you that the answer is coming, that you're, that you're willing. Gotcha. Okay. Anyone want to take a shot at that? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll say something really short and then I guess pass it to So I was just thinking that um, thanking God for answers um, I, you know one of the scriptures one of my favorite scriptures is from 1 John 5 where he says um, this is the confidence that we have if we pray anything according to his will he will hear us, and if he hears us, we'll have what we ask for. And so with that kind of confidence, then I do give thanks um, for the answer, for God to move in, in those situations. Um, but sometimes, like, and I think this is developed as you spend time with God and you pray. Like, sometimes you may have a burden for something in particular that God wants you to pray about or to talk to him and discuss with him. Remember, we're talking about, is this a conversation with your, with your father? Um, and, and so, like, there's things that I might bring to him that I just don't have a sense of peace about yet that I have the answer, so I, I keep praying about it. Um, take, for example, my nephew a couple of years ago was in a bad car accident, um, I asked the staff to pray with me. We were all praying for him. I was praying for him, praying for him. We were, my wife and I were praying for him on the highway down to um, Richmond to go see him in the hospital. I was praying for him. When I got in the room with him, I prayed. He wasn't better, but I had peace that it had come, and I started thanking God. Mm-hmm. So it's something about when you, as you're developing intimacy with God, sometimes you'll have burdens that you just keep praying about. You know, there may be loved ones like we talked about a couple of weeks ago that may take years. And so you keep praying for them um, as, as they're kind of on your heart or you spend time around them. So that was a little bit longer answer, but I hope it helps. I think, um, well, that is a really good question. Um, three passages come to my mind, so I think I'll just start with one. Um, Philippians 4, 6 to 7, when we talk about prayer, that comes to us quite often, right? And within that, it talks about prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. So 
he kind of mentioned confirmation that God has given you through peace that you got. Thank you. You've already answered and I don't need to pray anymore. You get that. That's great. I think that's when we stop praying till we get that. We shouldn't stop praying. So I get it. But Thanksgiving should be um, it should always be there, I believe, in prayer and supplication. Proshke is the Greek word for prayer here in this passage and talks about it's, more, it's different from petition or supplication because the supplication, the word Greek word for is actually asking for things. Prayer in this context talks about posture. So prayer in Philippians 7 talks about our posture and then petition is what we say. And this is what I mean. When we go to God, you know this, when we talk to people, our body language or what we not say is some say it's 55% of our communication. Some say 75. But we know it's more than words. So prayer, the fourth, first portion is our posture before God. So I think as prayer, praying people, we need to sometimes stop and think not what we say to God, but what's our posture before God. Because that's prayer. Because that's relationship, which speaks more volume because it's of our motivation. And then we now get to what we say. So for what you're asking, I love it because I think our posture always needs to start with thanksgiving before even saying anything. Just get our posture right, prayer. And then petition, say things right. And then when God answers, peace comes and thanksgiving comes as in Philippians 4, 7 to 6, right? So we start with thanksgiving. We start with petition and God answers, peace comes and thanksgiving. So thanksgiving bookends our prayer and when that happens i think our, our prayer life it's just filled with joy it overcomes all the obstacles that we might experience and uh, one more scripture that i'll add is mark 4 there's a storm that comes and disciples are fearful and frantic right so that they don't have peace in their hearts and then they can't calm the storm and when jesus wakes up he's sleeping so at peace and he comes and goes hey Peace, silence. And then the, now the waves are silent. And later, the disciples ask, why couldn't we do that? One of the answers is because Christ in his inner being had peace. So when he spoke it, it came to be. Disciples had fear in their hearts. So even though they tried to stop it, they couldn't because they didn't have peace in their hearts. So as praying people, I think the key is not the circumstances. Because Christ blessed the bread and the fish before giving it to the disciples and thanksgiving, right? And within that, when you have it in your soul, after talking to the Father, now the reality is just on the display of what God has given you inside. Mm. Okay. I hope that makes sense. I tried to cover a lot of things. Yeah. You know, sometimes God uh, answers your prayer before you see it in the natural. So, for instance... Um, like our daughter, uh, Willow, many of you know the story. Uh, we found out, uh, the doctor told us that she had hydrocephalus and that she had no chance of living. And, uh, you know, we went through a lot of highs and lows through that, a lot of periods of doubt, a lot of periods of faith. But there was a moment about halfway through my wife's pregnancy that God spoke to my wife and said that Willow is going to live. She's going to be completely fine. And so from that point forward, we stopped praying for God to heal her or for her to be born alive. And we started thanking God that she was going to live. Because we already had the answer. He already spoke. And so we were just waiting for what was playing out in the natural to catch up to what God had said. You know, I was reading in Exodus this morning, too, when, when um, God sends Moses to Pharaoh. 
um, God tells Moses everything that's going to happen. He says, I'm, you're gonna, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You're going to speak this. He, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. Everything was already mapped out, and all Moses had to do was obey. And so kind of going back to hearing the voice of God, when we pray, we want to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying. We want to be sensitive to what God is answering so that we know um, we can thank God for what he's doing and um, not pray prayers that he's already answered. Uh, this is a great one. Is it wrong to pray for financial blessings? Because the love, of, so the love of money is a root of all evil. So does God want us poor, broke, homeless? Or can we pray for? Can we pray that we'll have jets? Can we pray that we're going to be like Miss Lou, generous and have stocks that fall from heaven in our lap? I love that. All of us, we heard that. We were saying, yes, Lord, me too, over here. <laughs> what do you guys think? <laughs> so while you, guys are, while you guys are thinking, I'll take a crack at it. So we, the, I think the normal pattern in Scripture is to pray for biblical prosperity. So God blessed Abraham. God blessed Job. Um, but oftentimes, that blessing may encompass more than just finances. It may be more than just material wealth. Because ultimately, you know, Jesus said, don't build up treasure where moth and rust destroy, but lay up treasure in heaven. So I think we need to pray for our prosperity, our family's prosperity. And part of that includes financial blessing. But the measure of prosperity is not how much money we have. It's how much we give. God provides seed to the sower. So if if our prayer is, God, bless me financially, the ultimate end of that should be, God, bless me so that I can be a blessing yes. to others. Yeah. Also, I would like to add to that, that if you are, sometimes those questions are driven because, hey, man, I need some money because it's more a month than I do I have check. So, um, yes, God wants you to come for him. He will be a provider for you. Um, I also would caution that, because the, the the thing about mammon or with money is that can really be where we find our security and we just go to God to try to get to our bigger God. And that's that's one of the things that I think we really have to be um, kind of really careful of when when we're thinking about. I, that's why I love what you're saying about prosperity. Think of whole life prosperity. It, it's more than kind of measuring yourself against what the world would say is prosperous because the world really has established money as a God that that's where I'll find my security. Some people, that's where I'll find my identity. This is where, you know, it's going to make me feel like a better person. So there's there's kind of this dangerous thing um, when 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 it's more about God, I need the money than God, you're my provider. Um, help me to, to make sure all my ends are, you know, all my needs are met. Things of that nature, I think, is really important um, because we, we can have a tendency just because of the first Adam and our relationship to him that we can be bent that way where we start to really put our trust in the money. And when God lets the money dry up and the fear really comes in and anxiety, you, then you really are exposed for God wasn't really your security. So I, I think that's important when we talk about praying for finances. God wants to provide for you, so there's nothing wrong with that, but understand some of the, the um, pitfalls that come along with it. That's good. 
So I think we have time for one last question. Pastor Stephen, can I add just one yes. more thing on that just to maybe... Because um, we're talking about prayer. If, if we could go a little deeper than just surface level of is it okay to pray for wealth? I would say this. If you want to pray for wealth, you need to pray for two things specifically in the spiritual realm. Number one, you need to fight your spiritual warfare against the spirit of mammon. You have to win that. If you don't win that and ask for a lot of money, you're setting up yourself for failure, right? The number two thing that you need to pray for is the spirit of selfishness. You need to pray and fight that out of you and your family. If you do those two things, I think, and ask for the spirit of generosity, which is the opposite spirit of those two things, I think asking for a lot is great. Because as you said, Pastor Stephen, I want to go back, circle back to that. 2 Corinthians 6, 9 to 10, it's all about the result is good works. Are we asking for abundance for good works? Then God's going to give it to us. So I think that's a good thing. All right. Hi, you guys. Uh, Pastor, you were talking about uh, posture, um, and it really resonated with me. So physical posture, sometimes when we finish, like, throughout our day, it's a busy day, it's hump day, um, and you get home, you get tired physically to, like, be fully submit. I feel better when I'm like on hands and knees praying, but physically sometimes I'm exhausted to do that. So what are the different physical posture, uh, physical postures to God or in prayer? Can I start? I, there are many different postures. And I think um, in New Testament time, when in, in Jesus' time, the norm was for them to pray standing, first of all, right? Um, and Bible talks about many postures, but this is what I want to say. I just want to encourage you because the heart that you have for God in prayer is just great. As you're asking the question, really feel your love for God saying, God, I want to give you more. You want to give to God, but you're saying, but I don't have much left <laughs> physically. Like you just really can't. What um, I was referring to was more of the posture of the spirit. So physically, I personally, I think whatever works with you as you walk with God but I was more talking about this posture of the spirit. So just think about that and whatever posture that the spirit of God gives you. Yeah, I was just thinking about the passage where you, you see um, the Pharisee kind of talking to God. Thank God I'm not like this this tax collector and this sinner. And, and, and his posture was like, God, I don't really need you. Whereas the sinner's posture was like not even wanting to look at God and understanding his need. So it was kind of the posture of your, your spirit, of your soul. That's more um, important. Um, and then the second thing I would say about posture, in kind of in the same vein, Jesus talked about, um, in I think it's in Matthew 18, where he, he's really kind of talking about salvation, that we have to, if we want to enter into the kingdom of heaven, we have to be like little children. And I think that's the same kind of thing that comes with prayer and spending time with him, that you come to him as you are. If you're tired and, you know, it's been a long day, like, I think some, I think there are times where we need to get on our face. So don't, don't get, don't hear me say that. But I also believe that, man, if you are, um, re, you know, kind of relaxing in a chair and you're just talking to God, you're coming as you are. Like, you don't have to put on a mask for God. In fact, he doesn't want us to. He wants us to come to him because children typically, like my, my four-year-old, if she walked in here, it doesn't matter what we're doing. She's running up here. Hope, I mean, this, normally she would run up, 
I love it. I have four kids, so it's not happening all the time no more with the older ones. So I know this is the last go around. But so my four year old, she'd be like, Daddy, and she'll run up and, and give me a hug and stuff like that. Because she, like, her, that's kind of like coming as a child. So that's just how she is. That's what she wants to do in the moment. And I think when you're physically tired, if it's been a long day, that you can still go and talk to God um, in, a, in a way that, um, you know, like you don't want to fall asleep or anything like that. But, um, you know, like is, is is that I guess I'm just really trying to underscore that you come as you are. Like you don't have to have certain um, religious behavior um, where we mimic things that we do in a congregational setting when you're at home for God to accept that. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. So I share office with Pastor Sean. And there are days where I walked in, he was just on the floor in the middle of the office. So I'm going like, has he passed out? Do I need to call 911? <laughs> he's just on his face before God. So I've seen him do that. And I've seen, I've walked in and he's just chilling, as relaxed as he could be. So it's just, it's just different. It's just, I'm sorry to uh, share your private life amongst our being an office mate, but yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, well... Brother, can you share a little bit about, because um, we're, we're pretty much out of time here, but uh, for just people wanting to get involved with prayer at the church, a lot of people don't know some of the avenues that there are uh, to pray here at Grace. Could you just share those? Sure. The prayer life at Grace, um, my heart is that everyone in here would invest in pre-service prayer. 30 minutes before every service, we have a prayer team gets together. Um, in the prayer room, I'm not sure what we do at GCCK or in our Latino services, so they may be a little different, but um, for the Chantilly service, 30 minutes before every service, we pray. Um, man, if, if you could come to that, if, if, you hear, if you haven't heard anything else I've said, there are people who come here on Sundays, and it may be the first time that they will hear the gospel, and the enemy wants to come and pluck that seed. And we can intercede or we can pray on their behalf. We can pray on behalf of this service. We can pray for pastors who will be preaching that day, worship leaders who will be worship. It That is a way that we can actively engage in the service and help add power. God hears us. Please come out to pre-service prayer 30 minutes before every service. Friday night prayer is another opportunity to come together. Um, we talked earlier about praying as couples um, but even in community like that, when you pray together for a while, it's like you start getting connected. And, and there are times where I see people from Friday nights and they're like, I just feel like I know them. And we haven't even exchanged names yet, but I just I feel like we know each other because we've we've, we've been in God's presence together. Friday night prayer, 715. Now we go through the classroom door over here if you decide to come. Um, there's a side of the church on the side on this side of the church you can park and come in through the classroom um, to get to that but Friday night um, and then pre-service prayer Sundays that's 30 minutes before service 15 minutes before this service we do pre-service prayer as well so those are some ways that you can actively engage um, I don't want to overwhelm you but we do have a 6 a.m. call with a card and stuff like that but I won't get into all that I want to primarily just focus on pre-service prayer pre-service prayer and Friday night prayer can I just ask? Sterling. Oh, Sterling. We have our um, we have a prayer night on the third Fridays of every month at our Ridge Top location. Um, but I just want to tag team on the 
uh, the Friday night prayer, I learned how to pray and I learned how to worship in a prayer service. Um, I learned endurance in prayer. I learned how to pray through the word. I learned how to have a heart for God, how to hear God's um, voice, like in prayer, like no music, praying. Mm. Um, and that's really where I learned how to pray. And, um, and I encourage everyone, if you want to go deeper in your prayer life, you want to see impact in your personal life, you want to see impact in your community, get to prayer on Friday night, 715, yes, yes. and really seek God. And you don't have to do it alone because there's people who are beside you who are praying just as fervently as you are. And if you don't, you run out of things to pray, you can pray for them. Um, that's really how I learned how to pray. And that's really how I learned how to worship was in a Friday night prayer service. Amen. Awesome. All right. Can we give a round of applause to our panelists? Well, lastly, uh, just as you guys, as we take off here, the School of Intercession is February 7th and 8th. So if you want to grow in your prayer life, no better place to go than that weekend. Pastor Jim Critcher and Pastor Jim LaFoon are going to give you a deep dive with prayer.